At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we roll through the final hour of the program here, keeping an eye on Sunday night football and also getting ready for, at the top of the next hour, Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel get you underway for your handicap of Week 12 in the NFL with the opening line show. You won't want to miss that. Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers go out on offense. They received the second-half kickoff. They started on their own 30-yard line. Just about 14 minutes now left in the third quarter, and they are facing third and long are the Los Angeles Chargers, currently leading 17-10, to 10, and they've gone up to 12.5-point favorites in the live market here. Maybe we're seeing a big play coming up here. Your total mm-hmm. still at 51.5, but uh, the Chargers facing third and long. Yeah. Uh, third and 12, third and 13, we'll see what they have up their sleeve here. Uh, as uh, far as the line is indicating here in the live market, maybe this is a big play. Herbert is back to pass, throws deep, and a big one there to his man. It looks like Keenan Allen over the middle. We'll see if that stands up. The line uh, does adjust now to 11.5 in the live market, so it looks like that will stand. Uh, Los Angeles, 17-10, to 10, about 13.5 minutes left in the third quarter, and now they're up to a 13.5-point favorite in the live market. So this thing is all over the place right now, James. The total has gone up to 52.5. Uh, in the last segment, you and I were talking about the Saints and the Eagles game. I do want to look ahead to what they have on deck next week. The Saints will head back home to host the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. The Eagles will go on the division road. They will visit the New York Giants next Sunday where the G-Men were made three-point favorites over the summer. The Giants play on Monday night, so we'll see how that line adjusts off of their performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I want to go to the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. We touched on this game just briefly when we were talking about some of the contest results, and of course, 38 people in Circus Survivor, we're not happy with this game today. And it's a, you know, even though you look at that schedule spot, I think one of the things I don't play Survivor, James, but if I were to, I would hate to go with road favorites most of the time. But you had the Tennessee Titans here as a home favorite. They were beaten at home by the Texans today. Absolutely. Well, no show. They did not show up to play in that first half. They were down 12. They were down. They were fortunate to be down just 12 to nothing. And we know with Houston, just no playmakers out there. Although having Tyrod Taylor back now, I know he didn't play very well. It was an ugly game. Uh, that game a couple weeks back, his first game back with his hamstring injury against Miami. Four turnovers, five turnovers, whatever. Both teams turned the football over on, on each side of the ball. But 
thinking about at least having some semblance of some stability with a quarterback that can make plays. And he sold out today. He wanted it more than anybody else. He was not so much throwing the football. Didn't have a great game throwing the ball. Uh, the weather wasn't conducive for that. But there were a couple plays down at the goal line that he sold out for. One flipped himself upside down. He was six carries for 28 yards for two touchdowns rushing the football. He was the entire offense for the Houston Texans. And then on the defensive side for the Texans, they played They played to get after it. It's a divisional game, and the Tennessee Titans, knowing it was going to be an emotional flat spot for them, but also not, being, not having Derrick Henry. When was that going to finally show up for Ryan Tannehill to start not having his whoopee there with Derrick Henry, allowing him to do all the play action and the nakeds and the boots, all those things that he loves to do where he gets clean passing lanes to throw the football down the field and looks like a genius. Well, it wasn't there today. No running game whatsoever. Mr. Tannehill four interceptions today against one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, come back to earth, Tennessee Titans. This is what it looks like going forward. This is not going to be. To me, we talked about this too. Probably win their division because of where they stand and the tiebreaker that they have over the Colts. But this is a team to me. They get in the playoffs. It's one and done for the Tennessee Titans. And Austin Eckler is in the end zone again for the Los Angeles Chargers. That's three touchdowns for Eckler, if I uh, am not mistaken there, James. All three touchdowns for the Chargers, I believe, by Austin Eckler. And they go up now 24-10. to 10. That drive took just six plays and a little over three minutes the Chargers, uh, we were talking about, James, they received that second-half kickoff. They've scored on every possession so far in the game, and that continues as they take a 14-point lead now over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still a lot of time left in the third quarter, and Los Angeles moves to a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market. Your total up to 55-and-a-half. With that win, the Houston Texans snap an eight-game losing streak. They won, of course, their first game of the season over the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that is just their second win of of the year beating the Tennessee Titans two wins in division for the Houston Texans the Titans are now at eight and three and that snaps a six game losing streak for Tennessee 22 to 13 your final there you mentioned Ryan Tannehill with four interceptions just an awful day for him and Circus Survivor now dips into the neighborhood of about 130 some contestants left 38 go by the wayside with the Tennessee Titans losing, and there was another one contestant that had the Carolina Panthers. They go by the wayside as well. We move on to Week 12, where Houston will go back home and welcome the Jets to town next Sunday. That ought to be an interesting game there. The Titans will head out on the road, and of course we know what's coming up for them. It was a big part of the handicap in this week, in Week 11, in hosting the Texans. They will go out on the road to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots. Mike Vrabel's former coach, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots. New England was made a one-point favorite in this game back in June, James. And I think that's a pretty interesting number. You wonder if New England might be a little bigger favorite than that, uh, favorite than that off of their very impressive win on Thursday night and that real egg that the Titans laid just uh, today on Sunday. Absolutely, and and I'm definitely not one to be a proponent and say I, I make good lines because I don't. I let the books do that, and I decide which way I want to bet if I want to fire into it or not. But as far as the Titans are concerned, we saw the Titans in Tannehill now without the running game of Derrick Henry and, and how hard that's going to be for this team going forward. And the other piece here, too, is – Tennessee's beat up. They're beat up on the defensive side. We talked about that going into this game. Their, their linebackers, Rashawn Evans was out today. David Long was out today. Uh, they had some issues at the cornerback position. Both Maben. Maben's been in and out of the lineup most of the year. Janoris Jenkins did not play in this game. So you have to look at their personnel 
getting back in, how how healthy will Tennessee be coming back in from a physical standpoint? Now where is their mentality coming in to this game? You've got to think, all right, it's just one game you lost, and yeah, it's a bad loss. You lose at home to a bad team with the Houston Texans. But what does it do for the psyche of this team? Because it wasn't so much how, who they lost to, it was how they lost and the fact that their identity has to completely flip. You don't just replace Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, Dante Foreman. Foreman got tagged today too. We'll see how healthy he is coming back. He really got hammered today in one of those plays. Uh, but I, I think the identity shift is the key here. And now all the pressure falls on Tannehill to have to be the sole playmaker for this team to be successful going forward. That wasn't the case before. And we saw him. So of those four interceptions, and again, I know the weather was bad today, but it was really he was pressing he was forcing knowing that I've got to be the one to have to make plays we're not going to get a running game going with with AP and the rest of the cast of characters here that run the football it's going to fall on me to now be to be the leader of this team throwing the ball and making plays pressing and forcing plays down the field resulted in four interceptions against a bad Texans team now you're going to face Bill Belichick ready for that and they've had extra time to prepare with it really a a scrimmage game against the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday. I don't know what that number is going to. I don't know what the number is going to be. Uh, but as far as where the psyche is of both of these teams, one's going north, and the other one's got to be questioning where they're going to go with their identity uh, offensively going forward in the Tennessee Titans. You know, I, I'm usually pretty good at making lines, and, and I go through the exercise every week where I kind of just, you know, an eyeball test in my head. I've been, you know, watching and handicapping NFL football long enough. I have a good idea of what a line will probably come out as. I try and make the true line and not necessarily, you know, the, the, the sports book doesn't always put up the true line. They put up right. a line that they think will get equal action or, or maybe they're going to shade it one way or another if they think the public's going to come in one way. I try and make the true line. And just off the top of my head, before going through this exercise, I'm thinking Patriots three and a half. I might put the hook on there. And I was going to ask you, you know, without Derrick Henry and what we saw out of the Titans today, and we know how Bill Belichick does such a great job of eliminating your strengths, whatever it is, uh, as far as the opponent is concerned, he tries to take that away. What do you take away from the Titans right now? Obviously, before it was Derrick Henry. What do you take away now from the Tennessee Titans if you're Belichick game planning this one? Uh, well, I, I don't think you have to worry about the the running game coming forward here for the Tennessee Titans coming up to New England and saying, "Hey, we're going to have to to creep some, have some more run fronts, creep some more of our linebacker, maybe a safety come down and prepare for Derrick Henry." We know he's gone, so you can play a lot more coverage. And the fact that we talked about the injuries, there's some injuries on the offensive line for Tennessee, and then AJ Brown hurt his hand in that game today against the Texans, and that's pretty much what it falls down to: is it's Tannehill trying to find a A.G. Brown, that's the defense going forward. And for Tannehill, he likes to have clean lines of sight. Not going to have to worry about the play-action game. Stay home and contain on those edges when they want to run those nakeds and those boots with Tannehill to, to get him outside the pocket. Have contained, and if there's ever a team and a coach that is going to have discipline with his defensive players, it's going to be the New England Patriots. I don't think we're going to have I, – I think the game plan for Tennessee, they're not going to be able to run what they normally run. Uh, they're they're going to have a very disciplined team on that New England side. They're going to stay home. They're going to have backside contained, and they're going to set those edges. I think it's a long day for Tennessee. I don't know what that number is going to be, but I don't want anything part of that Tennessee team going on the road to face Belichick. 
you wonder if and when the bottom might fall out uh, in a particular game like it did today for Tennessee. You wonder if that's going to happen to New England here anytime soon. It looked like it could be the spot on Thursday. That was a flat spot for them with the Tennessee Titans coming up on deck, and all they did was shut out the Falcons 25 to nothing. You wonder if the the value or or if the Patriots become a little overvalued here, now they've won five games in a row, will they have a drop-off at all? We'll see if it'll be this week. I'm guessing that line's going to be three or three and a half. Uh, the opening line show will tell you exactly what it is coming up next with Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel. We've got a handful of games more to get to here and also keeping an eye on Sunday Night Football. We'll be back in just a moment on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. James, with about 10 minutes left in the third quarter, we just had the first punt of the ball game here. Sunday night football in Los Angeles between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And unfortunately, it was for the Pittsburgh Steelers punting the ball as they go back and forth or try and go back and forth in really what has been uh, just a back-and-forth scoring affair here. But the Packers, or excuse me, the Steelers are not able to hold serve there, and they have to punt and give it back to Justin Herbert and company, who currently have a two-touchdown lead, 24-10. to 10. So this could get ugly for Pittsburgh not being able to keep the pace there and having to punt the ball back to Los Angeles. Currently, the Chargers are a 14.5-point favorite in the live market. Your live total up to 53.5, and a big running play right there for the Chargers as they get deep into Pittsburgh territory and they're knocking on the door once again. The Los Angeles Chargers looking to reverse that trend, James, of the line movement going all towards one team based on quarterback health, coaching, COVID, what have you. Uh, we mentioned it happened to the uh, Arizona Cardinals a couple times in the last three weeks. Uh, it actually happened to the Cardinals earlier this season when Cliff Kingsbury was uh, not going to be on the sidelines out with COVID when they played the Cleveland Browns, and we saw that line move. The team that has had the line move against them has ended up winning every time so far this season, but it looks like the Chargers may be looking to buck that trend. Well, And the injuries and the COVID issues for the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is the wrong team that you're going to have to face because without Watt and being able to apply that kind of pressure, what, what does Pittsburgh do? Do we can, can we find ways to bring pressure somewhere else and have to bring extra guys to get after the quarterback here against Justin Herbert? Well, now we leave the back end of our defense suspect because we've got two of our starters out, our big playmakers with Fitzpatrick, Mika Fitzpatrick as well as Joe Hayden, not in this game. So you've got backups in those roles. Now you're going to lead them out there one on one against all these big receivers for the San, for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think it's just, it's a tough matchup. So you got to think about yeah when there's injuries or certain players not in there how does that match up with their opponent in this case here because they're missing such key players on that defensive side this is the wrong team to have to match up with the Chargers when you have Herbert and you, you you're going to play soft coverages which is what's happening here with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the back end just due to the injuries here and not able to get pressure Herbert's going to pick you apart he's got a lot of talent out there to throw the football to and you don't confuse him and or get pressure on him these are the kind of games that the Chargers love to see and I think for the Chargers they're trying to find get a little. Uh, they they need to find some redemption for them because they've really struggled over the last. You know they've lost three out of four games and been handled pretty good from the coaching aspect of it. 
think this is an opportunity for Coach Staley here to say, yeah, if we got a chance to turn the screws on a team, this is where we're going to do it. So I don't think there's going to be much let up from the Chargers in this game. The Chargers are five of six on third down. They're currently facing a third and five with about six minutes left in the third quarter. And again, 24 to 10. Currently, they lead Pittsburgh. Justin Herbert scrambles on his own and gets the first down. The drive will continue. And James, the Chargers have become 20 and a half point favorites in the live market. Your total at 53 and a half. Let's talk about the Packers and the Vikings. I think this was the best game to watch all day long. 34 to 31, your final. I thought the Vikings were going to head to overtime again. It seems like this team has been headed to overtime more than anybody else in football this year, and maybe they have. The the, uh, Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens, I know the Ravens have been to overtime three times, but they take care of the Packers as a home dog. They closed as just a one-point underdog. For most of the week, they were a a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and I really liked the Vikings all week long. My numbers came out to uh, the Vikings, and I know the public was pretty, uh, eager to jump on the Packers here seeing that short price and I tell you what they almost got there this was a good football game no matter what side you had you were in this one from start to finish Aaron Rodgers had four touchdown passes Kirk Cousins had three touchdown passes the Vikings moved to five and five on the year and they gain a game in the division on the first place Packers who dropped to eight and three the Packers have now lost two out of their last three The Vikings have won two in a row, and uh, they look like a team that's pretty hot right now coming off of a win over Los Angeles on the road last weekend. James, that's two pretty good teams they've beaten in a row here. And a great job by Zimmer to keep this team's focus intact looking forward right we're on to Cincinnati each and every week from to to borrow and paraphrase from Bill Belichick where we're just uh, put the loss behind us and move forward because you think about how this season started and the tough losses that the Minnesota Vikings suffered opening week fumble the football in overtime lose to the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime uh, at Cincinnati you lost a game you should have won against Arizona on the road due a missed field goal tough competitive loss to Cleveland at home fortunate to win against the Detroit Lions and then another tough game against Dallas where you really were a no-show because of Dak Prescott maybe it was an emotional letdown Overtime loss against Baltimore, like so many tough losses that they had that would have been easy for this team to just mail it in and think about what was or what could have been as what is straight in front of us. So great job by them to keep the focus of this team collectively going north and going forward here. And in this case, against the Green Bay Packers, I think we finally saw the fact that there's a number of key defenders that have been out for the Green Bay Packers. Packers have been very competitive on the defensive side of the football all season long, but I think that finally caught up to them today. Their best pass rusher, Zadarius Smith, has basically missed the entire season. He got hurt back in week one, so he's been on injury reserve. Their best corner, Jair Alexander, he's been out for the last handful of weeks. Gary, he stepped in to rush the passer, their rookie, Rashawn Gary wasn't out there today, and I think finally all those injuries caught up to the fact that the depth had been there for the Green Bay Packers but had played some soft offenses as far as the teams that they had faced. Not with this Minnesota team. Ability to run with Dalvin Cook, yes, but offensively, those that receiving tandem, when you think about Thielen, a great route runner and great hands, especially moving the sticks on third down, and the emergence, the continued emergence for the Minnesota Vikings as far as Justin Jefferson is concerned. Where, how do you match up with him? He's got the size. If you want to throw those outs, uh, it's hard to double. 
because he's so fast and so quick. He's got great hands. He can throw the back shoulder fades. All the, he's got every he can run every route in the route tree. You can throw every throw to him with his hands. How do you guard this kid? He's only going to get bigger and better. He was sensational today against the Green Bay Packers, and I think that's where those defensive players for the Packers not applying much of consistent pass rush against Kirk Cousins. He got a lot of clean looks in that pocket to throw. You know what you're going to get out of Aaron Rodgers, Brady, when it comes time. He's done that plenty to to the Minnesota Vikings in the past, but Zim has been very competitive against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers over his career as well. So I was. I was on Minnesota in this game for the contest. I did bet it as well in the first half. I got it in the second half as well uh, as some in-game action when I thought it was slipping away. But um, to this point here, Minnesota, great job coaching. This is where they're going to be going forward. You know the identity of this team? It's a very mentally tough-minded team. And a win like this is only going to enhance their confidence going forward. Big game on tap at Lambeau Field as Green Bay will host the Los Angeles Rams who are coming off of a loss and a bye. The Packers were first released as one-point favorites, or excuse me, a one-point home underdog in this one back in June. Will be interesting to see where that line comes out. The Vikings will head to San Francisco. We talked about this one a little bit earlier. Another very good game. Two good games right there. Green Bay hosting the Los Angeles Rams and the Vikings in Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. That should also be a very good one. San Francisco was made a seven-point favorite over the summer in that one. I don't think that will be the line when we get to week 12. The Cincinnati Bengals were right here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada to take on the Raiders. They closed as two-point favorites with a total of 51. And at first, the half was going by pretty quickly and quietly, just 10 to 6 in favor of the Bengals at halftime. Now, they added another field goal about midway through the third quarter, and it was just 13 to 6 in favor of Cincinnati with four minutes left in the third quarter. And then the Raiders, it just seems like everything got away from them at that point. They were outscored in the second half. 22 to 7 by the Cincinnati Bengals. 32 to 13 was your final score. The Bengals moved to 6 and 4, a key victory for this team and their positioning in the AFC North Division. The Raiders dropped to 5 and 5, 500 on the year, and with the Chargers coming on this evening and the Chiefs having won for the fourth time in a row, this really puts the Raiders in a hole. Raiders it just offensively, I think this is where it's just a struggle for them the last few weeks, and so much of it falls on Derek Carr. He owns it again. All right, I got to be better. I got to be better. Yeah, you say that after the fact, but they don't pay you to to have those comments in press conferences post-game. They pay you to get out there on the field and be able to perform and make plays. You've got to be the leader of this team with all the distractions going on, with personnel off the field, with the coaching situation, with John Gruden off there. It all falls on Derek Carr to have to be the leader, not only to say the right things, which he does and supports his teammates as well, but you got to be the leader on the field and make plays, and we're just not seeing that out of Derek Carr consistently at this point, and I think that's where the Raiders' defense was very competitive for the first half, even the first three quarters, but ultimately they just wore down because this offense just couldn't sustain any kind of anything consistently to help that Vegas defense. A minor victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense as they hold the Los Angeles Chargers to a field goal. Now a 17-point deficit with about four minutes left in the third quarter, 27 to 10. The Los Angeles Chargers out in front over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will receive the kickoff here shortly. The Los Angeles Chargers a 16 and a half point favorite in the live market. Your total at 52 and a half. We'll come back in just a moment on the other side for the more of the Pro Football Blitz. 
This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Black Friday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, it's a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. It's all at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. Keeping an eye on Sunday Night Football 27-10. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are driving. The third quarter has just come to an end. Big Ben and the Steeler offense into Charger territory here. They remain 13.5-point underdogs in the live market. Your total still sits at 52.5. Again, 27-10. Los Angeles out in front of Pittsburgh. Uh, we were talking about the Bengals and the Raiders in the last segment, James. The Bengals have a big division tilt on tap for next Sunday. They will take on these Pittsburgh Steelers right here that are featured on Sunday Night Football this week. The Steelers were made a three-point road favorite in this game some five, six months ago over at the Westgate. The Raiders will play on Thanksgiving, and they will play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys were made a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that game over the summer. The Arizona Cardinals went up to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seattle Seahawks, and this is another one of those games that we've talked about where we saw a huge line shift, and it was all week long that we didn't know if Kyler Murray was going to start at quarterback or not for the Arizona Cardinals. We did know DeAndre Hopkins was not going to be available at wide receiver. He did not play today, uh, but Colt McCoy makes his third start in a row for the Arizona Cardinals as Kyler Murray misses action for the third week in a row with that bad ankle. Uh, and Colt McCoy, I tell you what, he's won two out of three as an underdog, James. And in that first game against San Francisco, he looked great. He really did not look good against Carolina last week, but he was very efficient once again this week. He had two touchdown passes, no interceptions, 35 of 44 for over 325 yards passing. That doesn't sound like a typical Colt McCoy stat sheet. Yeah, and look at the matchup, and you get to go play a really soft Seattle defense. And and DJ Reed was inactive. He's their best cover corner. He did not play today. That's not why the Seattle loss, even if he's out there, I think they still lose because offensively, that was the struggle. Russell Wilson was really, he had some opportunities. He missed a couple big throws. There was one in particular, I don't remember, it was a tight end. I don't remember who was coming down the the seam of the the back of the end zone, but he overthrew it, and he's still just not physically right with his finger at making be with being able to. He sees the read, the read's there. He makes the right read, but he just can't get the ball where he wants it to go with his finger the way that it is coming off of surgery, and obviously felt like he had to get back as soon as possible because they need him out there to be able to try to compete in these games. But then when the when the offense can't put points up on the board, they can't sustain drives. Seattle was two out of 10 on third down. You look at the total plays, 79 total plays for Arizona to just 49 for Seattle. When you're talking about a soft defense to begin with that Seattle Seahawks have, especially in that back end of the secondary, uh, it just makes it harder when they when you can't get off the field and teams just continue to sustain drives. And basically, again, you feel like this this defense 
this is not where you need to lean on. You've got to have the offense and Russell Wilson be able to make plays to keep you in this game. So, you know, great effort again out of the Arizona Cardinals. Rallied around Colt McCoy. Didn't see it last week. No show, no no, no call, no show from the Cardinals against the Carolina Panthers. And you're going to have those games. The key is how do you bounce back after you have that flat performance, that distracted performance? Well, the Cardinals, maybe they need a bit. They're better off on the road. Get away from home. They've played six road games so far and 6-0 and on the road. So playing very well, very focused team on the road collectively, regardless of who's playing at the quarterback position. So great effort all the way around for the Cardinals. And now where does Seattle go from here, Brady? I mean, they're sitting at 3-7. and seven. They've only won one home game this year. Lost season right now for the Seattle Seahawks, even eventually whenever Russell Wilson gets his finger healthy. Is that next week? Is it weeks to come? Who knows? I think at this point here, you're sitting at 3-7. and seven. The season's lost. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a surprising season for Seattle. Obviously, you can't predict injury, and they lose Russell Wilson for a good chunk of the first half of the season. That's never going to bode well. But now 0-2 since his return, and you talk about you know the still lingering effects of the injured finger for Wilson. He's only 14 of 26 for 207 yards today with no touchdown passes. So just not very Russell Wilson-like at all in the last two weeks. Of course, he was shut out for the first time in his career last week at Green Bay. Uh, the Cardinals, they might like to take to the road again and go to 7-0, but they will take their bye week in week 12. And obviously, that was part of the handicap here, too. We felt you've got that bye week on deck for Arizona. Why risk injury with Kyler Murray? Give him another week to rest. He'll go into the bye week, get an additional week of rest. And, you know, James, Derrick Henry, there's thought that maybe he could be back you know, late into the playoff picture. Um, but for Kyler Murray, this will now be four, I guess, five weeks off. Um, that could be maybe a good thing. Obviously, we know the NFL season is a grind. Maybe this guy comes back fresher than ever and picks up that MVP campaign that he had going the first three or four weeks of the season. Yeah, he's such a difficult player to defend because he is – his quickness, his shift, how shifty he is, his ability – to get outside the pocket and extend plays and his arm strength and then the accuracy and his confidence. You just see you see that team feed off his confidence from the offensive standpoint. Same thing when DeAndre Hopkins comes back as well. I mean, those guys hit it off, hit the ground running last year. No time, no worry about trying to build chemistry. They had it right away. And then look at the schedule going forward. Now, the last three games are going to be challenging here, but off the bye, Arizona's going to play at Chicago and we're seeing Chicago. Where's that team going? Matt Nagy just counting the counting down the games that he's the final season there as the coach for the Chicago Bears. Big game afterwards on deck. That's going to decide the division really for the Arizona Cardinals playing at home against the Los Angeles Rams. You win that football game there, and you have all the tiebreakers solidified. You've got the tiebreakers solidified against Los Angeles. Same thing against San Francisco, who's starting to find themselves and play better. Afterwards, you're playing Detroit. Then it's Indianapolis, Dallas, and then Seattle to finish the season. They may not even need that game. So as far as Kyler Murray's concerned, yeah, great move not to rush him back. No need to rush him back. They were in the driver's seat already in the NFC West. Now big win again. Now it looks like uh, they look like geniuses as far as not having to push and rush him out there because they were sitting pretty where they stood going into this game at 8-2. and two. 
Yeah, and when he does come back in week 13, we expect Kyler Murray will be back. He's got a soft landing spot, like you mentioned. Uh, they're 6-0 and on the road. They'll be on the road again and taking on the Chicago Bears. And like you say, uh, probably DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup as well. And it's almost perfect timing with the Ram game coming up next at home. Of course, the Rams will have revenge on their minds after Arizona went into SoFi Stadium and knocked them out earlier in the year. But to give Kyler Murray kind of that one game of repetition, you know, off of the time off that he's had, probably very key in being able to come back and be competitive against the Rams, who will be breathing fire there in Glendale, I'm sure, when they take on the Cardinals. The Seattle Seahawks, they will uh, go to Monday Night Football in Week 12. They will go to Washington and face the Washington football team there on Monday night, Seattle was made a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game over the summer. I'm sure that will be different when we get to Week 12. The game of the day, James, and it really didn't turn out that way. It was supposed to be the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. And the Kansas City Chiefs, we did see this number get some juice attached to it, but it never made it to three. Kansas City closed as a two and a half point favorite with a total of 55 and a half. And this was another one of those games that looked like it was going to have a lot of points scored, but most of the games today on Sunday went towards under the total. I believe eight and four was the count to the under and the first half of this game really from the outset, it was all Kansas city. I mean, you look at Dallas's possessions in the first half, they went punt, fumble, field goal, punt, punt, interception. It was a very bad half of football in the first half for the Dallas Cowboys. And I tell you, it didn't get much better in the second half. You talked about Mike McCarthy earlier and coach of the year candidate. Uh, I, I've never been a huge McCarthy fan. I didn't think it was a fantastic move uh, by the Cowboys to bring him in. Now, the team has had a lot of success, but this guy just kept kicking field goals all day long. That's not going to work against the Kansas City Chiefs. And didn't and didn't try to run the football whatsoever either. And and wasn't like that. I know they fell behind in the first quarter, but the, as the game progressed, you had opportunities to reestablish yourself at the line of scrimmage, pound the football at Kansas City. Kansas City was very aggressive on the outside. They played a lot of press man, and Jarius Sneed had a great game. I think the one thing that we saw out of the Kansas City defense, they tackled in space very very well. Their secondary came up and made some big tackles. Willie Gay made some big tackles from the linebacker position. When Dallas had some players in space, opportunity to make some make something happen offensively and, and make a move, Kansas City wrapped up. Great job tackling today from the Kansas City defense. Hey, how about this? The Chargers have punted. We've got a punt for each team now in Sunday Night Football. Pittsburgh did add a field goal, 27-13 to 13 right now, underway in the fourth quarter. We'll come back for the final segment in just a moment right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available at vsin.com for you to keep up with the key NFL props. Head to vsin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. You can check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vsin.com slash NFL. 
Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Next up, it is the opening line show with Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel. They will take you for a couple hours and get you started on your handicap for week 13 in college football and also week 12 in the NFL. Big development in Sunday night football. When we went to break there, I mentioned that the Steelers had forced the uh, Los Angeles Chargers to punt. Well, there were offsetting penalties on the play, and they had to re-kick. Pittsburgh blocked that punt and ended up with a first and goal situation from about the five-yard line or so. They are now into a fourth and goal situation, and they go for it. Big Ben throws over the middle. It is incomplete. Looks like it was nearly intercepted, but there is a pass interference call on the play. Of course there is, James. Uh, it's the fourth quarter, and uh, we always want to see that team give a chance, given a chance to come back and make this a closer ball game. So now Pittsburgh with first and goal once again on the one-yard line, 27-13 right now, under 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, Pittsburgh threatening once again. And they just go over the top. Najee Harris over the top, literally like old school guys jumping over the the pile and getting into the end zone uh, to to cut this now twenty seven to nineteen with the PAT pending. So good for my total right now, sitting at forty seven and a half to go over that, and PAT is good. And then I think in this respect here, yeah, it was a penalty, and he did. He got there early. The DB got to Claypool early. Had two arms right around his shoulder pads over the top, and that was just a quick slant inside on fourth down. If if they get that stop right there, that's a huge stop if Chargers are able to get that because you block the punt, you start off inside the five, and you can't finish. Saw a little bit out of Big Ben on one of the calls where they're trying to run this sweep, this end-around sweep, something or other, and he looks over to the sideline after the play that got blown up for a tackle for loss. He throws his hands up and looks into the, looks to the sideline like, why the hell are we coaching that? But you know, I remember back in the day when quarterbacks actually used to call plays, Brady. Doesn't Big Ben, hasn't he been around? Doesn't he have the pedigree to say, hey, I've been around for, for two decades. Can I change out of plays? Yeah, you can look to the sideline and complain, but sometimes you can check out of stuff too, Big Ben. So make some plays. But ultimately, it worked out for them now. Now we got a seven-point game with plenty of time left in this contest. There's still about 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Well, and that was huge for your total, James, because yeah. uh, the Chargers were going to punt. So Pittsburgh was likely going to get the ball deep in their own territory, have to go the length of the field to score. As it turns out, they block the punt. They get the ball in the five-yard lane. They turn that into an immediate touchdown. So now your in-game total all the way to 57.5. That's a 10-point margin that you have over the number that you grabbed it at, 47.5. And, and Pittsburgh now back again, once again, into the 7.5 point range as far as an underdog in the live market and it is 27 to 20 in favor of the Chargers about 11 minutes left to go in this ball game Pittsburgh just made it a game again right there they were down by uh 17 points not long ago and now down by just seven um back to the Dallas and the Chiefs game we were talking about earlier the Cowboys dropped to seven and three the Chiefs moved to seven and four, and they have won four in a row. They were a game under 500. They were at three and four, and now they have won three in a row. They sit atop the AFC West at seven and four, 19 to nine, your final in this game. Just a, an ugly game, but I tell you, you know, I, I'm starting to buy in on this Kansas City defense. I can't believe I'm saying it, but, uh, you know, after four wins in a row, maybe you're going to convince me. They looked pretty good today. I don't know if it was a product of the injuries or the lack of offense that the Dallas Cowboys had. I think it was probably a little bit of both. I mean, Chris Jones was tremendous in getting after Dak Prescott, 
and, uh, you know, Tyron Matthew and that uh, secondary, they seem to be playing very aggressive. They seem to be covering better, and it's absolutely helping this overall Chiefs effort. Uh, I think the offense looks better because the defense is playing better and not giving up points like a sieve. The Chiefs will take their bye week in week 12, and the Cowboys will get right back after it on Thanksgiving Day. Dallas will be at home hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. The Cowboys, we mentioned this earlier, they were made a a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game over the summer. And this has already been talked about, James, uh, in relating to Circus Survivor. Uh, We were talking with Jeffrey Benson and and, uh, Derek Stevens on the Pro Football Blitz on Saturday, and they felt that the Raiders would probably be in the neighborhood of a seven-point favorite. Now, as far as Circus Survivor concerns, this is a separate week. Three games on Thanksgiving Day is its own week, and the biggest spread is likely going to be the Dallas Cowboys in the neighborhood of a six, seven, eight-point favorite. Who knows what it's going to be? If you still have the Dallas Cowboys left in your survivor inventory, if you will, you're looking pretty good for Thanksgiving weekend. You're just thinking of where the psyche is right now for the Las Vegas Raiders, having to now go travel on the road short week and a lot of question marks going in. We we saw them rally early when John Gruden was was fired and and the you know, it started here in Denver. What was that gonna look like? How impactful was that gonna be on the Raiders mindset and their focus coming into that game against the Denver Broncos? And from start to finish, they were clearly the better team, very motivated, very galvanized. Uh, but now it's starting to fall apart for this Las Vegas Raiders team, and it's starting on the offensive side. Another week of Derek Carr in the postgame pressers saying, it's all on me, and I own it, and that's my responsibility. And, yeah, that's great. I'm glad you can say those things after the fact when you've played poorly, but you got to go out and perform. you got to go make plays, and now you're going to go play a Dallas team. We'll see how healthy they get. They're going to be banged up at the wide receiver position. They're, they're, we'll see if CeeDee Lamb comes back with that. With that concussion, I doubt it, and we know Amari Cooper will not be available in this matchup. But but ultimately, I think for it's more so the psyche of the Raiders coming into this game. Where's that head going to be? It's just starting to fall apart for this Las Vegas Raiders team, especially on the offensive side. So yeah, if you still have the Dallas Cowboys available, do you want to play? Whether you got the Saints and/or the Bills, do you want to get involved with that game on Thursday night? You want to, I'm sure you got the Detroit Lions available. Most everybody that's alive, I got to suspect that 100% of the players have the Detroit Lions alive. But uh, uh, does Peter Boyle, Danny Boyle, whoever it is that's playing quarterback for the Lions rolling into this matchup? Uh, if it's Andy Dalton, maybe you think about if you don't have the Cowboys, Andy Dalton playing for the Chicago Bears. Huge, significant upgrade from the quarterback position, the veteran leadership, just having that presence out there to make plays. Yeah, maybe you consider that depending if you have the Cowboys. But if I had the Cowboys, I'm definitely playing Dallas on Thursday. You know, it's very weird for the Las Vegas Raiders. They say, you know, there's a trend, and if it happens uh, more often than not, then, you know, it becomes a pattern. It seems like it's becoming a pattern for the Las Vegas Raiders where they start out very quickly on the year and they just really fall apart in the second half. And it's, it's you know, kind of like cursed If you remember, I believe it was last year, even the last two years in a row, they were dealt one of the most difficult schedules in the NFL. And they went through those first five or six games really well and came out with a well above 500 record. I can't remember what it was exactly, but they had tons of travel. They had a London game. I mean, they were being thrown all over the world against tough teams, and they fared very well. Now, this year, it wasn't the same in that respect. But they had all this turmoil, John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett. And sure enough, it's like the football gods find something to put the Raiders through the ringer 
in the first eight games or so, and then they just fall off a cliff in the second half of the season. And then this year, I mean, you can't project. You can project out. You try to think about scheduling and where the 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 you have multiple home games in a row. How difficult is the schedule from start to finish? But when you think about the all the off season, all the off field incidents going on with personnel as well as the coach, those are you can't handicap any of those. And it's tough for any team to have to try to make it through. All, week to week to week, all of the distractions that hit the Raiders uh, over the last uh, basically the last month. Now we look at the schedule, Brady, and yeah, short week having to go to Dallas. Then you turn around, you're going to play Washington. You have ten days to prepare, but Washington is Washington starting to find itself? Yeah, I don't know. But after the after Washington, you've got games at Kansas City, at Cleveland, home to Denver, at Indianapolis, and Los Angeles Chargers. Outside of that Denver game. All these other teams are fighting for the playoffs and or to be a contender within their conference. So that is a brutal schedule for the Raiders going forward. Uh, Yeah, unfortunate, whatever you want to call it for the Raiders as far as from one year to the next to the next. But it's just looking at the schedule going forward. Man, the Raiders, it's going to fall off the cliff. And we saw it today with that offense. We've seen it the last few weeks with that offense and Derek Carr. Not looking great for their season win total right now, which was at seven and a half. The Arizona Cardinals, by the way, the first team in the NFL to eclipse their season win total. That was at eight and a half, and they got win number nine today. Real quick, James, before we get out of here, the Monday nighter, the New York Giants catching 11 points at Tampa Bay. Are you going to do anything with this one? I have not done anything with this one. I don't. I want to lean towards taking the Giants plus the number there, but uh, a salty, uh, really salty Tom Brady after two very poor performances and the last two losses with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't know if I want to get in front of that right now with Danny Dimes. I think it would probably be a pass for me. That'll be interesting to watch to see if Brady can indeed rebound. Certainly a banged up team right now, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to do it for the Pro Football Blitz. Next up, the opening line show with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans right here on VSIN. 